Welcome to the Julieverse podcast. My name is Julie, and this is my podcast. In today's episode, I want to talk about something that I haven't really addressed, but it's been on my mind a lot, and I definitely think it's worth me talking about, even if it's just to complete strangers or to myself out loud, and kind of working through whatever. And I want to talk about not lowering your standards or not me not lowering my standards for the next person that I date Um, especially recently getting out of a really long-term relationship it's something that a lot of people do a lot of people either get back together with the person that they were with they have like an on again off again relationship forever with that person or they jump from guy to guy to guy or you know whatever or they're single for a really long time or they just pick the same generic type of guy. They have a type and they have a type of behavior that they tolerate and etc. And that's something that I'm very aware of. Something that I'm trying really hard to not repeat. The things that I did not like about my last relationship, I'm not going to find somebody else who's going to do the exact same things. That is not the goal. And so I really want to just like talk through the process of not lowering my standards because it's just like... You have so many expectations in relationships and then you have reality. And like that's a whole other conversation I'd love to have, especially in like reflection of my last relationship. But, you know, you can very easily make up excuses for people and allow them to do the bare minimum versus go above and beyond. And, you know, even as simple as, you know, some of the things that Steve Harvey has said, you know, in Korea, they made a movie. It's like, who knows how much of it's legit. But, you know, um, the movie Think Like a Man, um, one of the things that is said in there is don't be a chirp chirp girl. So chirp chirp girl is a girl that the guy hits the unlock button and goes chirp chirp on the door of the car and he doesn't open the car for you and you just climb into the car. And that would be lowering like my standards. Like I genuinely believe I deserve a gentleman, <laughs> you know, especially if I want to behave in a very traditionally feminine way, then I need a gentleman who's going to open doors <laughs> and who's going to pick me up for dates and he's going to pay for the dates and, you know, say please and thank you and that kind of stuff. And just, I don't know, it just really crossed my mind about how easy, genuinely, how easy it would be to lower your standards just to date anyone because you haven't dated anybody in a long time and you're lonely or, you know, whatever, fill in the blank with, you know, other words, but it would be so easy. It'd be so easy to just lower your standards to the bare minimum of like, well, he texted me today. Well, he said, I don't know, something sweet or, well, he did pay for half of dinner. (laughs) You know I mean? Like just extremely not lowering your standards, especially when it comes to the fact that like, I'm, I've talked about this before and I'm just going to keep reiterating it. I want to date to get married. And if you have low expectations going into dating, into marriage, your expectations just get erased. (laughs) Like, like there, there's going to, there's not going to be a bar, a minimum that they have to reach in a marriage. They can be absolutely lazy. And it's like, well, you know, your expectations were at the ground. So like, I have nowhere to go you know, versus making them not, not unachievable, not too extreme where they're too high, 
but something that's, you know, a little hard to do. Like, it all depends on what you're willing to put up with. And the one thing I've learned from my previous relationship is a lot, like, mostly what I will not tolerate. You know, I will not tolerate a man who makes fun of me and then says, oh, oh, I'm just kidding. You're overly sensitive. I'm not going to put up with that. (laughs) That's rude. Especially when it's disrespectful. Like, it's one, okay, I want to preface this. I can take a joke. I have thick skin and my uncles, you know, rub me and they, they joke. My siblings can joke with me. My parents can joke with me. I can take a joke. Okay. I can even take you poking fun at me for something embarrassing I've done or <laughs> the way that I pronounce something like that's just kind of how my family is. So like I have thick skin when it comes to that. What I don't have thick skin about is when you make a derogatory comment and then when I look at you upset, you're like, oh, I'm just joking. Like, that is manipulative. That is not okay. That is not healthy. That is wrong. It's disrespectful. I won't tolerate that. You know, and, and I won't tolerate a man who... Like, this sounds greedy. I will not tolerate a man who expects me to pay for everything. Like, no. Like, the whole point is to find someone who wants to pay for me. And not in the, like, gold diggery, oh, I want a man to, you know, fully take care of me. It's like, well, I'm going to offer a lot to earn that. (laughs) Like, it's not just freely given. It's something that I've earned. And I've earned him to take care of me because I take care of him in other ways. Like, that's the whole point. It's kind of like, you know, my sister's a really great example. She's a stay-at-home mom and she's a housewife and like the whole thing and her husband works he works you know his regular job and he has a couple other side jobs that aren't necessarily always consistent but like he's got stuff that he does to bring in income and that kind of stuff and some people might look at that and be like she doesn't she didn't earn it and it's like she earns it by cooking and cleaning and taking care of the kids and homeschooling the kids and having their activities planned and you know, those types of things. That is how she earns it. Now, if she just sat on her ass and her kids were in school full time and her house, she had maids come to her house and cooks and she literally did nothing, then I would agree with you. But she works her fucking ass off to earn that. It's earned. I mean, it's obviously a a conversation that they had and it's an agreement between the two of them, but it's also something that she earns him taking care of her and the family because she gives so much more in other ways. It's a yin and a yang kind of thing. And like, that's genuinely how I feel that I want my next relationship to go. Because obviously that's what I want. I want to be home with my kids. Multiple. Plural. (laughs) I want to cook and clean and be a traditional 1950s housewife. And if I have extra things on the side that are for me, like doing this podcast, that if I earn money, great. If I don't earn money, it's not that big a deal. Like, that's ideal too. But I don't know. Like, it's just... It's something that I've thought about. It's something that's definitely important. But it's just something that I don't think a lot of people think about when they get into their next relationship. They just rinse and repeat things that they've done. And they don't think about, not necessarily the consequences, but they don't think long term. You know, my ex is a really great example. He, there's been a couple conversations that we've had um, that I've come to the realization that he has naturally rinsed and repeated certain aspects of our relationship with supposedly this new person he's with. And it it was just like, I couldn't help but just kind of chuckle and just be like, these are the exact same conversations we had when we were in our relationship. And you can't, you have nothing else to talk about. 
you have nothing new (laughs) to talk about with this person that you're just gonna rinse and repeat and like I kind of laughed but I'm also just like it's so much easier to do that it's so much easier to just keep doing what you've always done versus actually doing what's going to make you happy or or to have I don't know standards or whatever word you want to use and it's just something that I definitely for sure know for a fact I will not lower my standards if anything they're going to be a lot higher I thought I had high standards with my ex and slowly and surely and quickly all at the same time they got eroded because I felt sorry for him because I did love him, because there was always an excuse, because I just, it almost makes me sound like a battered woman, but because I deserved to be treated the way that I was treated because of blah, blah, blah. Like, total bullshit that I taught, I told myself. Whether it was consciously or subconsciously, it doesn't matter. I, I was the one that tolerated it. And whenever I wouldn't tolerate it, it turned into a giant screaming match and I just gave up. These are things I will not tolerate next time around. You know, like, I want a man who does what he says he's going to do the first time. I mean, actions speak louder than words for a reason. You can sit here and, you know, wax poetically about this beautiful life and how successful you're going to be and blah, blah, blah. But if you don't do anything to make that a reality, they're just words and they don't mean anything. I mean, I I really don't feel like I should have to say that out loud, but it's really genuinely the truth. Like, my family is much more actions than words. We don't necessarily, we're not overly affectionate. We don't, and that's a lot because of my parents, you know, and it's kind of messed me and my sisters up to a degree, but like, we are very overly affectionate with our own children and things like that. But, um, like, we don't say I love you and like hug and kiss and things like that, but we say it in the things that we do by spending time with each other, by being there for each other, by checking in with each other, by those types of actions speak louder. And and more importantly, the fact that I could call my family at a moment's notice and they would show up for me. No questions asked, no complaints, they'd be there. And it wouldn't just be like, oh yeah, sure, yeah, no problem. And then they don't show up. And if my family says they're going to do something, they do it. It may not be instantaneous, but they put a plan in place and they do it. They follow through with what they're saying. And to be with someone who does the total opposite, him and his family are all talk. All of them are all talk. None of them actually follow through. And if they do, it depends on the situation. (laughs) It genuinely does. Like for the most part, there's a lot of just talk. And my ex was all talk. He was just air. Like he didn't follow through with anything. He had these grand plans and no plan. He didn't have an action for the plan to make it come into place. And so it's just like, these are kind of the things that I've started to think about, um, analyze that kind of stuff about my relationship and what I want going forward. And I want a man who takes charge and I want a man who puts trust in me. Like he, like he makes me trust him to where I'm okay taking a step back and letting go of control because I know that he's going to actually do what he says he's going to do. And B, he's going to do what's best for our family, always. Like, it's not going to be a selfish thing. It's going to be what's best for our family. And that way I can have less stress on my shoulders. <laughs> you know, and like, and like having someone who texts me, having someone who calls me, and not all, not all the time, but they do more of the pursuing than I did. 
Someone who does small things that mean the world to someone who didn't get attention and affection. Like flowers. (laughs) Like small gifts. Like hugs and kisses and a little bit of PDA and... You know, those types of things, snuggling on the couch, you know, cuddling, um, just little, hey, I was thinking about you. And so it's not our anniversary. It's not, it's not Valentine's Day. It's not anything. It's not your, it's not your birthday. I just love you so much that I, I bought you flowers just because I want to like a romantic guy, <laughs> you know, and it's just like, those are, those are part of your standards. Having like expectations of like what is appropriate and like the best thing I heard. So Steve Harvey's been around forever and he does like, I don't know if he still does, but at the time he did his own like talk show and he'd have women and men come in and like ask him questions or whatever and he'd give advice. And this one clip I saw on Facebook was um, a woman or he was like schooling women on how to make men act appropriately or whatever. And he was sitting there saying, he's like, the problem with you women is you tell a guy exactly what he has to do to get to your heart instead of giving him, instead of giving him like expectations of what he's supposed to do. Like instead of telling him word for word, I like a man who brings flowers home. I like a man who da 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 da. He's like, he's like, here, here's what you do. He's like, whenever you're on a date with a man and a man asks you, what it is that you like, like in a relationship, stuff like that. He's like, he's, he's like, this is, this is how you answer that question. You say, I like a man that's affectionate. I like a man that knows how to treat a woman the right way. I like a man who's thoughtful. I like a man who, you know, follows through with his words. I like a man who, I mean, and the list just went on and on. He's just like, this is what he's like. It's like, you know what you're doing? You're telling him the expectations that you have of this man to be with you versus giving them like a cheat sheet of how to get to your heart. You're telling them these are the expectations of what is required to be with me. You need to be attentive. You need to be punctual. You need to be thoughtful. You need to be gentlemanly. You need to be respectful. You need like like all these, like these are expectations to be with me. And I was just like, wow. This is eye-opening and it shouldn't be, but it is because it's just like, how many women do you know when they're asked, you know, what is it that, that you really like? How many women say flowers, not just on my birthday or special occasions, but just randomly or spending money on me or whatever, like that kind of stuff. He's just like, no, no, no. You're giving them a cheat sheet. And I was like, it's so true because it's just like, that's really easy to remember. Well, yeah, my girl likes flowers. I'm just going to once a month buy her flowers just because I can get into her pants, you know, like, like kind of like get brownie points, you know, instead of just being like, cause like attentive, what does that mean to you? My definition of what attention means for me, maybe hundred percent different for you. And it doesn't give him like a quick, like, okay, if I do X, 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 or, you know, X, Y, and Z, that's going to get me to what I want. Like, it's going to be like, Ooh, there's a lot of interpretation to what that means. And at least for me personally, being attentive isn't just, it isn't just showing up. It isn't just being on time. It isn't just talking to me. It isn't just listening to me. It isn't just holding my hand. It isn't just affection. Like it's not, not, there's so much more to that. So much more. And it's just like, 
wow it was so eye-opening he's just like it's like this is this is how you get men to act the way that you want them to act you give them an expectation and if they don't follow that expectation you get rid of them and when they want to know why you tell them (laughs) this was the expectations of being with me and you didn't follow through on the expectations you fell short i'm going to find a man who will willingly want to hit those expectations i was just like boom bomb went over a light bulb on my head clicked on and I was just like men should have the exact same thing for women a quality woman you know but what your expectations are to to deserve the right to be with them and it's just like it really got me thinking about standards and expectations and reality and not buckling (laughs) like there's a difference between compromising on something that's not as important but if it's like a staple if it's like a super important thing to you it's a foundational thing don't buckle don't compromise on that if like your thing to be with someone is they have to be respectful to your parents to your siblings to you to your opinions to your feelings you know to strangers to waiters and waitresses at restaurants like that kind of stuff if respectful there's a difference between being respectful and being a pushover like if that's if that's a thing where it's just like i could not be with a man who's not respectful that is foundational and if they don't meet that expectation you can't be with them there is nothing more unattractive to me and i do and this is with men or women like it doesn't matter but like going out to, to a restaurant for lunch or dinner or whatever and you are like me and I was raised with manners and common decency and I say can I thank you please like that kind of language hold doors open for people that kind of stuff like I have my parents instilled a lot of common sense a lot of you know manners in me and then to be with someone at lunch whether it's a woman or man friend or boyfriend doesn't matter (laughs) like being with somebody else that I'm sitting with at lunch or dinner or whatever and they're just like, yeah, I'm going to take this and you better make sure that it's like this. And they don't say please or thank you. And they're very derogatory and rude. There is nothing more unattractive to me. I mean, there's a lot of other things, but like, that's like super high on the list of unattractive things. I don't do that. Cause like these people, it's a job. Sure. But it's also your responsibility as a fucking human being to not be trash. <laughs> You know, maybe that's just my faulty opinion, but like, it's really how I feel. Like it is your responsibility not to be a trash person. So yeah, like lowering your standards, it can mean so many different things. Like it can also mean, I mean, not to be like too intimate here, but like also your standards for like sexual relations (laughs) and like what your expectations are and rules and, you know, those types of things. Like For me personally, um, this may be a little old school, but I have a three date rule before you can kiss me. I know a ton of people who have sex on the first date. They don't have a rule for sex. (laughs) And like, there's some guys out there that'll tell you, well, there's a rule, but there's an exception to every rule if you're the right guy. And I'm just like, I don't know. Even if I had the hottest guy in the world who like clicked every box, I still don't think I would do it. Because to me, sex is never just sex. And it means something. And giving it away really quickly means something. Always means something. Always. 
at least me, I'm, you know, ironically old fashioned, even though I'm not, <laughs> you know, I had a child out of wedlock. I'm not married, uh, those kinds of things, but I do have old fashioned traditional thinking. <laughs> so it's just like, to me, sex is never something that you should just freely easily give away. It should be something that is earned uh, and not in a like, um, incentivized way, but in something where like there's feelings, there's emotion, there's trust, there's loyalty, there's commitment of some sort before you open your legs. That's just me. You don't have to be in love yet. You don't have to be married yet, but there definitely needs to be feelings there. Like legitimate, we're in a relationship feelings and not just, oh yeah, we're kind of dating. Like, no, I'm sorry. No, that's just me. (laughs) And like, maybe I would feel differently if I was like 50 years old. Uh, I don't know, (laughs) but yeah, like, like those types of standards. And it's just like, I'm going to have standards for sex. I'm going to have standards for meeting my child. That's actually one that's really scary to me because it's just like I have personally witnessed a child that has had women and men come into his life back and forth, back and forth because of his parents. And I've seen what it does to him. And it's just like, even though I'm not technically a part of the family, I would like to be a semi-regular person in his life just for consistency on his part because it has damaged him that has emotionally damaged him to get close to people and then they just disappear (laughs) and that's something that I'm trying to avoid very heavily with my child now I also understand that honestly I can't date someone who hasn't been around my kid and I can't date someone who doesn't genuinely like my kid and I can't date someone who doesn't love my child and I can't date someone and or marry someone who does not want my child to be a permanent part of their life. Like we're a package deal. And it's not just like, oh, well, hey, Julie, your, your kid's crying. It's like, no, that's my child. And I'm going to step in and be a fucking parent. And that's kind of a high standard <laughs> I have because there's a lot of people that get in relationships with people with kids and they treat their kids like shit because they're not their kid. I don't like that whole, well, it's not my child. Bitch, please. (laughs) You got in a relationship. You are married to somebody who has a child. They are your fucking child. And I just could not be with someone who would ever look like turn their nose down at my child. Uh Uh-uh. No way. You know, it's like that's a huge, probably the highest standard I, I have is my child because she deserves the world. And she deserves everything possible. And not in a spoiled way, but like... She deserves to be loved and respected and valued. And not just because, oh, well, you know, she's the girl I'm dating's daughter. No, fucker. She's my kid, too. Yes, she came with a child into this relationship, but now that we are committed and getting married, like, she's my kid. Yeah, it's not biologically my seed, but she is my child. Like, that is the mentality that this guy would have to have. And that's kind of (laughs) scary because there's not a lot of guys that I know of currently who feel that way. Now, the right guy will, obviously, you know, but um, yeah, like there's a lot of really crappy people out in the world who men and women that feel that way. And honestly, I think more women than men, which is massively messed up. I'm so maternal that if I was genuinely in love with someone and married to them and they happen to have a two or three or five year old child, I don't think that I would feel any differently. Like, obviously, because I didn't carry them, it won't be as strong as I have with my child, but I would never not treat them as my own child. I would never not. 
I have nieces and nephews that are adopted. I don't feel any differently to them than my other nieces and nephews that are biologically related to me. There is no difference to me. They are family. They are my nieces and nephews. Those are my sister's children. Yeah, she didn't physically carry them. Yeah, she didn't physically shove them out of her body. But they're her kids. And they're my nieces and nephews. And so it's just like, I cannot... There's a woman I know, actually, who who feels that way. She was married to someone who had a kid. And then they had kids. And then his kid didn't matter because well, he wasn't her son. And I'm just like, it doesn't work that way. You are his stepmom. <laughs> you are more of a mother figure to him. Like, you met him at such a young age that you are a huge mother figure. Like, you can't just pick and choose because he did, wasn't biologically yours. You know, and it's just, I don't know, there's a lot of, there's a lot of standards. And it depends on what's, what's important to you, where your value is, what your priorities are. If you're just dating to have fun, my standards would be totally different. My standards would probably be something along the lines of, he can't have an STD, <laughs> you know, and and he can't be ugly, <laughs> and, and he's got to be nice to me. That would probably be my standards, but because I'm dating to get married, they're very high standards, and it's not even necessarily income. Like, yes, income, but we could very comfortably live off of, like, 60 grand <laughs> a year, maybe less. Like, right now, I am currently able to mostly 100% support myself and my child on my income and I make less than $40,000 a year. You know, and so it's just like if I had a man who was making 50 plus, 60 plus, 70 plus, $1,000 and hopefully more than that if he's older, like we'd be sitting pretty. <laughs> like we would be able to have savings <laughs> and and that kind of stuff like I'm not really worried about it. like he doesn't have to make six figures he doesn't have to make seven figures like he doesn't have to have this crazy income he just has to be able to use the income that he has properly and vice versa like I don't want to work so you have to be able to supplement my income you know what I mean or or you know us together as a unit have to be smart with our money to where I don't have to work and we don't have to spend the money on daycare and that kind of stuff and eating out. And we do a majority of cooking at home and gardening and having our kids at home, like those types of things, you know? So it's just like, you don't have to have this extreme income for it to be a deal breaker. Now, honestly, because of the lifestyle that I want, which is very modern and very minimal, I can't be with someone who works at McDonald's and makes $12 an hour. Like I can't do that. We physically could not live. Uh, it's way less than what I make. <laughs> way less. And the whole point is to do better for my previous relationship, not worse. Um, you know, so like money does factor in to a degree. But a lot of it, more than anything, is how he treats me and his morals and his values and what kind of future he wants and that kind of stuff. And, you know, my, my sister, she has a brother-in-law who ended up marrying a woman that had a child that was I think her child was like a year old or something when they started dating and it's come with its own challenges for sure because of the father or the because of the child's father but for the most part it wasn't a deterrent for him to date this woman and and they're married and have more kids I think you know and she was telling me she's just like it just depends on the guy like to him it wasn't a deal breaker (laughs) you know like it was it wasn't something where he's just like oh yeah I guess like he fell in love with the kid (laughs) you know and that child is his child even though he's not legally on paper adopting because it's a whole situation but like 
that is his kid. And, you know, so she's like, you can find him. And she's just like, but I think a lot of their dating was them as a family versus them as a couple, which makes sense because if you're going to be marrying someone who has a child, especially a young child like me, you got to know what you're getting into. <laughs> like, you have to really understand that kids take up time and attention and that kind of stuff is just a part of it. I have a schedule. I have be- routines. I have bedtimes. I have certain times that I do things like because she thrives with routine and structure, I have those in place for a reason. Like nap time's a big deal. Uh, you know, now that she's down to one nap a day, it's it's easier. But like when they're doing three naps a day, two naps a day, when they're real little, like it's hard. It's really hard. And if you're a man, you're just like, well, you know, the, the kid just plays like, yes, but <laughs> there's a huge but there. There's a lot that goes into having a child, a lot. And you have to know that going in, that it's a lot of work and you have to want to do the work, not begrudgingly, because that is so unattractive to me so unbelievably un- unattractive to me to be like uh, I gotta get up the baby fuck that bullshit I'm sorry I'm getting a little you know aggressive here but fuck that bullshit yes there are times when I'm tired and it's the third or fourth day in a row where my child is up multiple times in the middle of the night for sure because she's upset she's sick whatever something's going on then yeah I'm just like oh I wish you were sleeping (laughs) or I'm like, oh, I'm so tired or just go to sleep. Just go to sleep. Just go to sleep. Like I have those feelings. I'm not, I'm not human, like inhuman. Like I have, you know, I have frustrations. I have my own patient level and things like that when it comes to not getting sleep. But I would never feel that way towards somebody else's kid going into a relationship with them And just be like, oh, your kid's just keeping me up at night. Fuck you, motherfucker. It's a big, it's a big thing for me. You know, and if you've never had a kid before, you really don't know what the fuck you're walking into. I had no clue. Not really until I had my own child. (coughs) I had babysat a lot. I had helped family members with kids and things like that for a long time. It is 100% different every day doing it yourself for your own kid it's night and day it's fun and easy to be an aunt (laughs) it's fun and easy to go babysit it's fun and easy to deal with a crying baby when it's not your baby (laughs) especially being a mom it hits you differently and you don't realize like oh my god like i'm tired (laughs) i'm like really tired Uh, because babies and toddlers need a lot of time and attention. You don't really start to reap the benefits of what you're doing when they're young until they're probably at least five, six, seven, eight, somewhere in that range where they're much more independent and they can play on their own or sit and read a book or sit there and color or do painting or you can like just let them go outside and play and you don't have to constantly monitor them. Like, you keep an eye out, you know, obviously you're not ignoring them, but you're not helicoptering. And so it's just like, it's a lot of work up front (laughs) with kids. It's like, it's like compound interest. 
you do a lot up front and it just compounds and gets better and better and better and like your efforts pay off in the end if you do it right in the beginning the payoff in the end it's just like instilling manners in your kids when they're little they'll have manners when they're adults like etc etc so yeah it's just it's daunting Dating's daunting. Um, finding the right person or multiple potential right people is like also like, how do you even start? I don't even know. But it's just like, honestly, having someone who, who has like the same vision for their future is a big thing because a lot of that comes down to morals and values as well. Because it's just like, if you guys are seeing a vision, like a future in two different ways, like it's never going to work. I did that with my ex where I wanted a family, I wanted a simple life, I wanted to be married, family's what fulfills me, and he wanted to, like, go do shit. And I'm not saying that that's not fulfilling in certain ways. It's not even remotely close to the fulfillment, the satisfaction that I get from having a family and spending time with my family and growing as a family. (laughs) Like, That is so much more fulfilling to me than jet setting, which he doesn't even do that because he's poor. It's all like in his mind thought process of like, someday. I'm like, okay, you're going to be 80 and you're still not going to do anything because you have no drive. You have, you have dreams. Sure. Sure. You have imagination. Absolutely. But you have no fucking plan to put any of this into action. So it's just words, you know, whatever. But yeah, it's just like. I don't know. Uh, Finding the right person that, like, checks all the boxes and I'm attracted to and I like spending time with and, 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 like, I'm very hopeful that it'll happen, for sure. Um, I'm realistic to know that it might not, (laughs) at least not for a while, you know. Um, But yeah, like, I definitely have to find someone who's very, very much family-oriented, big time. And someone who values children (laughs) and understands what comes into having a kid. Like, you know, I know someone who pushed having a kid so bad and him and his wife got pregnant. And, you know, it was just like disappointment after disappointment in the pregnancy. Not on her, not on her part, on his part. And then the baby was born. (laughs) He didn't prepare for having a child at all. And it was so much harder than he ever imagined that he doesn't want any more kids. Maybe. We'll see. But, like, and I'm just like, that, how many, how many guys do that? Where they're like, I don't need to take classes. I don't need to spend time with other people's kids. I don't need to spend time with my nieces and nephews. It'll be different with my kid. I'll just know. You know who just knows? The mom. It's called maternal instinct for a reason. How many women... It just clicks. It just clicks into place. It's, it's, it's almost like a switch was just clicked on as soon as, honestly, as soon as you get pregnant. But really, after you give birth. <laughs> like, maternal instinct to protect your child. Maternal instinct to not drop your child. To change their diapers. To feed them. To know what different cries mean. All of that bonding maternal instinct is there for a fucking reason. It's not called paternal instinct. It's a bond you got to work at and grow and really, really work at to get it to be a thing. It takes time for some guys, but like you have to like want 
to make a bond and just going into like, oh, it'll be fine. And then the baby's here and you're like, this fucking sucks. Like, it's miserable. It's so hard. Da, da, da. And now, you know what? Because it's so hard, I don't want any more kids. Like, come on. So it's just like, I have to have a guy who, who wants to hold his kid. You know, wants to change diapers. Wants to get up in the middle of the night when the baby's crying. Wants to take the baby so I can get a break. Wants to spend time with my, with our, you know, my child, but our child as they're older. Like, that kind of shit. Yeah, I just, I don't want to be one of those women that I'm like, well, I made bad choices in my life, so this is what I deserve. Because you know what? Fuck that. I 100% believe that you accept the type of love that you think you deserve. And I did that for a really long time. I had a lot of really bad insecurities of like, I couldn't do any better. That I was a bad person and I deserve to just live in my misery. And like, that is so unhealthy and it's so untrue because it's just like, I am a good person (laughs) and I, I, I work and I'm responsible and I'm reliable and I'm loving and I'm caring and generous. And I mean, you, I could just keep going and not to like inflate my ego here, but just to be completely honest. I deserve someone who's going to fucking respect me, love me for who I am, treat me like a fucking queen and, and not in a like, oh, she's spoiled, but like in a respectful way. <laughs> you know, someone who, who can be loving and affectionate and giving and caring, but like also makes me want to be that way because they are. Like, I genuinely believe re- reciprocation is like the biggest thing in relationships. If you want someone to act a certain way, you got to fucking act that way too. If you want someone to be nice and generous and loving and thoughtful and affectionate, and I mean, the list goes on and on, you got to fucking do that too. You can't just demand shit and then just cold shoulder people. You know, like not to be like TMI here, but I'm going to be TMI for a second. Like, you know, sex was like a thing in our, in our my previous relationship where um, he would get frustrated that I wouldn't initiate sex, right? But previous, like, years, multiple years, like, it wasn't just, like, a one-once thing. It was multiple times over a span of, I don't know, two or three years. Every single time I would initiate sex with him, he would roll away. He would say no. He would whatever. It was a rejection of some sort every single time. To the point where I was just like, well, fuck that. I'm not going to initiate sex. I'm not going to be affectionate and whatever because it's just, like, all you do is reject me. You can't be mad about something that you push people away. It's like the one thing I heard, and I thought, I know this is like so true. There was a man that was talking. He was saying that if you, if you want to prevent your woman from becoming bitter and resentful and just nasty, treat her in a way that she feels loved. She feels seen. She feels appreciated. She feels sexy. She feels, I mean, keep going. (laughs) And then you know what? A light will just go off in her and she'll just naturally be all those things <laughs> and you'll get to reap the benefits and it's just like that's so true like like imagine just like break it down into a more simple way of like a friendship if you're the type of friend that you always have to call them you always have to plan everything you always have to initiate every single interaction in that friendship whether it's talking or parties or whatever <laughs> after a while you get sick of doing all the fucking work And guess what? You stop reaching out to them. 
And then guess what? The other person is just like, I don't, are you mad at me? I just don't understand. And you're just like, I get sick of it. Like, why should I always have to initiate everything? If friendship is give and take, it's reciprocal. I give my time, you give your time. We take turns on who calls each other, on who texts each other, on who schedules lunches or whatever. Like we just take turns and they don't realize that like, that's extremely selfish of them. And it's the same thing in relationships. If you're the one that does everything and the person that you're doing it to doesn't ever give you anything in return, why would you continue to do everything? Just think about that. (laughs) Like, I mean, all of this is 100% common sense. But it depends on who you're with. If you're with a very narcissistic, selfish person, they don't look at it that way. They look at it as almost like you're expected to do that, to do that, and they're not expected. They have different rules for themselves. <laughs> and I'm just like, no, it doesn't work that way. I'm sorry. <laughs> healthy relationships don't work that way. Unhealthy ones, yeah, sure, 100%. But un- but healthy ones don't work that way. Oh, <sighs> I feel like I could just keep going. Because it's just, it's an open conversation. It's something that I'm very, very aware of. Because I don't want, I don't want things to be the same. I don't want things to be worse. I don't want things to be slightly different, but not better (laughs) with the next person. Like, what is the point? Like, I think this is what keeps circling my brain. What would be the point of dating somebody else if it's similar, but not better? (laughs) What would be the point of dating somebody else if it's generically the same person? Like, why, why even, why even break my family apart if I'm with the same fucking person? (laughs) It's just a different face, different name, different personality, but they're generically the same. Like, what would be the fucking point? There wouldn't be one. (sighs) So yeah, those are my thoughts on it. And it's a lot of ranty, rambly goodness because it's just like, it is something that I feel like self-awareness is something that a lot of society right now doesn't do. Like they don't give a shit. <laughs> they don't they don't think internally about how things will affect them long term. They think about instant gratification. I think that's why we have a society of people that just have sex very quickly. <laughs> and they they're just like, oh yeah, I wanna get stoned, so I'm just gonna get high. Oh yeah, I wanna go party, so I'm gonna go get trash and then fuck this guy because like I wanted to. Like you don't think about the long-term effects that those decisions you're making does on your body, on your mind, on your mental health, on everything, on the value of, of who you are. Like, it affects everything. And you can't just jump in. I am not the type of person to just jump without a safety net. I'm not built that way. Even with my daughter. I mean, even to, like, break it down in a very personal level. When I got pregnant with my child, I knew I needed to set up safeguards to protect myself and my child in case what happened was going to happen. <laughs> and, you know, the biggest one was she has my last name. She doesn't have her father's last name. She, I picked her name. She has my last name. <laughs> that was because in my mind, I went through five years in the future when she started school. And I was just like, do I really want to en- enroll her at a school when she has a different last name than me and have to explain that to the building about how like, well, her dad and I aren't together, but you know, she has his name and he's out of the picture. But no, it's so much easier for her and I to have the same last name. And it's so much easier for everything to do with her is in my name. <laughs> Just like my house, everything to do with my house is in my name. Utilities, bills, deed, everything. Everything is in my name. Uh, same thing with our pets. Like, I set up so many safeguards to protect myself because I did not want it to be a, 
he said she said situation I wanted to fucking have insurances you know or whatever set in place to where it was an easy transition (laughs) and quite frankly it was the hardest fucking part of the transition was moving his fucking ass and shit out of my fucking house the rest of it has been cake (laughs) and it's just like because I don't believe in leaving things up for question marks now if he was a different guy that I had total faith in and our relationship was better and we were married and I wouldn't have done that wouldn't have felt the need to do that but because of how he acted because of how cavalier he was about shit and because he's so wishy-washy and I know who he is so many things that have happened in this relationship after our relationship like our our breakup situation I could have guessed them and made money on how to a T I have just 100% accurate about who he is and how he would act and all that kind of stuff and so it's just like I need to have a man who says you don't need those ins- you don't need the, the insurance with me you don't need you don't need to set up safeguards with me you don't need to have something in your back pocket for me I'm not going to do shit to you I'm not leaving you I want you and all the shit that comes with you because like we're family and you don't need to worry about any of that kind of stuff because it's not going to happen. And that that sounds very old school, but it is old school because it's just like how many people in the 1920s, 30s, 40s were setting themselves up for divorce to be in a better situation? None of them, basically. Or not a lot. Not a lot of people. And it's just like if, you, if, you, if you're preparing yourself for divorce or breakup, you're setting your relationship up, up for failure. But, and there's a giant but here. Because some people will be like, period, end of sentence. And I'm like, okay. But if deep down on a guttural level, you know how things are going to play out and you ignore them, you deny them, you whatever, just like I did, you ignore the red flags. It is extremely intelligent for you to be prepared for what you're going to do when that happens. Should I have been smarter about vetting the person I was dating? Absolutely, 100%. I have a lot of guilt, or I don't know if guilt's the right word, but I have a lot of blame for that. But because I knew him, and I knew what would happen, and I knew generically like X, Y, and Z, I did set up insurances for that reason. Safeguards. If he was a man that, you know, never never made me question anything and I would have just been like, yeah, no, I don't need to do that. Like, I wouldn't have done it. So that's definitely what I needed a man. <laughs> like, the next guy is I need him to just be like, you don't need this shit. I'm not going anywhere. There's nothing that you and I cannot endure and, you know, overcome and be together. Like, it's us against the world kind of situation. Like, that's how it's supposed to be. And that's something that ironically all of my sisters kind of got right that I got wrong that I'm just like I I need to fix that with the next person and just be like there's like tests that you have to pass before I'm willing to to believe you because I've been lied to before and I've been jerked around and it makes me not trust people not trust men um and it's just like I was joking with somebody at work and I just said you know I just need a cowboy I just need a man's man. And you know what? I saw some firefighters. Granted, there was like an accident and everybody was okay. But there was an accident outside of where I was working. Um, And I was just like, I don't know if it's because 
of where my hormones are or what. <laughs> but I was like, you know, after everybody was okay, I was sitting there talking to a coworker and I was like, oh my God, I had a fireman. They are fine. And they have responsibilities and they care about people and like doing what's right and they put themselves in the line of danger and they're like men, <laughs> like real men. They're not pansy men. These are the type of men that will go out and mow their own lawn, work on their cars. Like I need a man. And it's just so funny because, you know, for years people have told me that, you know, most women end up with guys that are similar to their dad and most men end up with women that are similar to their mom. It may not be, you know, in your face similar, but like my dad's a man's man. <laughs> he works on, I mean, not as much because cars are hard, but like he would, he would work on cars and he's in construction and he knows how to build things and, you know, he does all the lawn care and like, he's like a man's man. He's not a pansy at all. I would not call him a girly guy at all. He's very much a man's man. Um, and that's even, that's even after raising four girls, you know, he had a house full of women and he is still a man's man. And I'm just like, that's what I want. I want a man that hunts and can work on stuff and build things and works with her hands and gets dirty and takes care of the yard. I mean, like a man's man. That's what I want. I want like a, I want a problem solver. I don't want someone who's going to be like, I don't need to know how to do that. We'll just hire someone to do it. No, he's like, oh, I'm, I'll fucking fix it myself. Or I'll, I'll have someone come show me how to fix it. But I'm going to learn skills. Like, that's what I want. That's hot. <laughs> that's really hot to have a man just be like, don't you even think about doing that. You sit your little ass down. I'll do it for you. You don't need to be getting up on a ladder doing this. Or you don't need to be getting underneath the house. No, no, no. I'll do it. And it's just like. Reminds me of a lot of shit that happened when I was pregnant that is just like huge red flags that I was just like, yeah, that's not okay. Like getting into the crawl space underneath my house while I was like five or six months pregnant because the person I was with wouldn't do it. And the crawl space had spiders and you're breathing in things you shouldn't be breathing. And I have a big belly and I can't like bend in certain ways to get into the crawl space. And my dad was pissed when he found out. He was pissed. That I was heavily, I mean, relatively heavily pregnant, getting into the crawl space. And as I was trying to get out of the crawl space, I twisted my ankle and gave myself this huge cankle. Because, like, you're pregnant and my ankle swelled anyways. But, like, I rolled my ankle really bad and I had a really hard time getting out of the crawl space. Because it was such a deep, it was like a deep lunge to get into the hole. And your scenario of gravity is fucked up when you're pregnant. And, like, like building the crib by myself while I'm pregnant, like, seven months pregnant. And building the dresser by myself while I'm pregnant. Like, things that, like, the guy should be like, sit down and let me do this for you. I'm the man. I'm going to do it. I'm going to lift this heavy thing. I'm going to do it. You don't need to be doing that. You sit here and you, you just sit here and you let me do it. Don't you dare think about getting up. Like, that's what I want. <laughs> that's, what, that's what I want really bad. And I've never really realized... How much, just, okay, like, here's the saying I keep saying, and it, it really does resonate, and it means so much, so, like, hear me when I say it, and understand what I'm trying to say. Just because I am capable of doing something does not mean I should have to. So, just because I have the capability of being a strong, independent woman does not mean I want to be. Doesn't mean I should have to be. Just because I have the capability of lifting a 100-pound 
I don't know, bag of dog food over my shoulders doesn't mean I should have to. Just because I can do all the construction and shit like that in my house doesn't mean I should have to. Like, just, I could keep going with examples. Like, just because I have the capability of mowing my lawn because I'm six months pregnant, I probably shouldn't be out there on the lawnmower at 100 degree, you know, 110 degree weather, sweating my ass off while I'm heavily pregnant mowing the lawn. Like, yes, I can do it, but I shouldn't have to and I shouldn't be doing it. That's my whole point. And it's something I've talked to um, with a woman at work who, she's a very strong woman, had to be, single mom with two kids. And she was just like, you know, people complain about how you're such a strong, independent woman. And she's like, that is not a compliment. That is an insult. She's like, I don't want to be a strong woman. I didn't have a choice. My children needed me. And I was like, I feel that. I 100% feel that. Yes, I am strong. I don't want to (laughs) be. I want a man to catch me. I want to fall into a million pieces and a man to pick me up, scoop me up, and put my heart back together and be like, babe, I got it. You don't need to worry about this. I will take care of it. You don't need to cry. I'm here. I will I will pick you up. I will throw you over my shoulder. And I have it. And I'm just like, wow, to be able to actually breathe for once, like take a deep breath and be like, wow. And just let all the stress and misery just float away. Wow. I mean, like, that's just a crazy thing. And she was just like, yeah, I I had a guy tell me on a date before that, man, it's so sexy that you're strong. And she's like, don't ever say that to me. That's not sexy. Men want a soft woman, but how do you expect a woman to say soft soft when you give them a hard life? Let, Let me just repeat that for a second. They want a soft woman, but you give them a hard life. They're naturally going to become hard because of a hard fucking life. (sighs) I could keep going, honestly. I could go for hours and hours and hours talking about this, but I won't do that to you. So I want to do question of the day or like whatever question of the the podcast would be, um, do you have standards (laughs) for dating, marriage, whatever? And have you ever lowered them, made exceptions for standards you shouldn't have. And why? <laughs> because it's so easy to do it and not think about the why. Or it's so easy to be like, oh no, never. And then you start to like analyze it. You're like, well, actually, yeah, I kind of did because of blah, blah, blah. And like this situation was okay, but like this one wasn't. <laughs> and so like, just think about that and think about why you're doing it. Because it's so easy to have someone slowly and surely erode things from you to where you're just like, I just don't want to fight about it. Like whatever. (laughs) And that's not healthy. That's wrong. Um, and then my like food for thought, words of wisdom, whatever is as hard as it is. Trust me. I'm a product of the choices that I made. I'm a very stubborn person and you cannot tell me what to do. (laughs) I have to learn from mistakes. I have to learn from my own whatever to figure shit out. Unfortunately, I'm getting to the point now where like, it's not I can take other people's opinions and stuff and like figure it out, but I'm stubborn. It takes some time. But my advice to you would be really learn who you are, what you want out of life. You know, if you want kids, if you don't want kids, if you want a career, if you don't want a career, whatever it is that you want in life, make sure that you fucking know who you are as a person and make sure that you don't compromise who you are to be with someone. They either fit into your life and enrich it and make it better, or they shouldn't be there at all. 
And that took me a really long time to figure out. (laughs) A really long time of realizing what I want is not something that's unattainable. It's not something that's, that I don't deserve. It's not something that's outrageous. This is, this is really easy and basic. <laughs> it's nothing. It's nothing extreme, um, you know. And and if you have if you have someone in your life who is not enriching your life or making your life better, why are you with them? Are you genuinely happy, or is there resentment there? You know. And and I get it. It's really hard to leave someone. <laughs> it's really hard to make the right choice. It is easier to avoid conflict. It is easier to just stay with the devil you know than someone new. I totally get that. You know, there's someone I know in my personal life who's contemplating divorce, which would be the best thing in the world for her and her children. But because of the complications of it, because of trying to figure out how to be a single mom, the stress of it, she doesn't even want to deal with it. And she's making a bad choice, in my opinion, and making her and her children suffer longer. So I get it. It's hard. And every situation is different. And you got to like weigh the pros and cons of what's going on. But constantly complaining about shit and not doing anything about it doesn't do anything. It was the hardest, best decision I did breaking up with my daughter's father. I am so happy now. Happier than I've ever been in my life without him in my life. Sucking me down emotionally draining me, manipulating me. Like, I am just like, wow, I think I lost 30 pounds of emotional guilt, emotional stress. Like, wow, I I feel, I feel good. So like, I get it. It's really hard, but like, know what you actually want in life and fucking don't let somebody else compromise those things that you want out of life. If they're realistic, of course, you know, like, don't be unrealistic here and be like, well, I will only date you if you make a billion dollars. Like, let's be real here. (laughs) You know, be realistic. But at the same time, don't compromise the things that you know for sure. Like, think about it this way. If you were on your deathbed and you were able to talk to yourself, what is the one thing that you would regret that you never did in your life and you wish you would have done? Think about it from that point of view. You know what my answer always has been? Not having children. Not having a child would have been the biggest regret in my life. And as a mother today, I 100% know for a fact that I genuinely feel that way because it is the biggest blessing, the most amazing thing in my life that I don't regret at all. Even with all the struggle, even with all the pain, even with everything else, it's the biggest blessing in my entire life. And if I would have missed out on the beautiful journey of motherhood, it genuinely would have been the most devastating regret of my entire life. So think about it from that point of view. What's the one thing that if you never did or you whatever that would just gut you if you could never do it? Because like if you wait too long, you can't do it. So that's my thoughts for you. That's my thoughts on not lowering your standards. Um, I still don't 100%. <laughs> I still feels like a jumbled mess, but you know, there it is. So I appreciate you guys listening to today's episode. Um, like I said before, I have it on a YouTube channel, the Welcome to the Julieverse YouTube channel, if you guys want to go check it out and listen there. I'm contemplating doing video, but I don't know. I really like the fact that it's not video, so it's more casual. And I will talk to you guys later. Bye, guys. <laughs>